Chapter Twenty of the Apostle of Alaska: The Story of William Duncan of Metlakatla by John W. Arctander. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schempf. A Christian Village. As early as 1859, Mr. Duncan had come to the conclusion that if the work he was carrying on should have any permanent results, it would be necessary to remove those of the Indians who had become subject to the power of the gospel from the evil influences of the heathen homes and surroundings and more important still be it said to our shame was it in his judgment to get them away from the degrading influence of the white people at the fort it could not be expected that young people especially could remain steadfast in their faith and in their determination to live clean christian lives when they were continually exposed to taunts and temptations on the part of parents and relatives he therefore for quite a while had contemplated removal of those who had become interested in the gospel teaching to a new home where they could start a model christian village keeping intoxicating liquors entirely away worship god in their simple manner without taunts from scoffers or mockers and observe the sabbath day as became true followers of the white christ one day on talking with an old venerable chief and telling him that his object in teaching the children was to make them good and happy he was surprised to hear the old man echo his own ideas by saying well if you want to make them good and happy you will have to take them away from here this remark gave him the courage to broach the subject to those who attended his services and from this time on he incessantly urged upon his friends the necessity of taking steps soon for the removal to the proper locality where they could start a village of their own the converts and others who were friendly to the word soon became convinced that this step was necessary and the question now came to the fore where would the proper place be for the christian settlement two or three different places were suggested by his adherents but upon examination of them mr duncan came to the conclusion that metlakatla situated seventeen miles south of the fort where these same tribes had had their old villages before removal to fort simpson would be a model place after visiting it in the spring of eighteen sixty mr duncan described it thus a narrow placid channel studded with little promontories and pretty islands a rich verdure of waving forest backed by lofty and densely wooded mountains a solemn stillness broken only by the cries of flocks of happy birds flying over or the more musical note of some little warbler near at hand what especially commended it to mr duncan was the splendidly protected harbor the fine beach furnishing an excellent landing-place for the canoes and the fact that portions of the land on many of the promontories had already been cleared and would furnish fine garden spots for the colonists it was originally mr duncan's plan to send mr and mrs tugwell to metlakatla to take charge of the new settlement while he was to remain at fort simpson and take trips around to the different settlements and thus win a greater number of recruits for the cause whom he could from time to time transfer to metlakatla contemplating a removal that year he during the summer set to work draining the ground which he had selected for the site of the new village but mr tugwell's intended departure delayed the carrying out of the project to the next spring and of course necessitated mr duncan himself taking charge of the new settlement on the fourteenth of may eighteen sixty two everything was in readiness for the removal 
the large schoolhouse which had been built with such a purpose in view was taken down and put into a raft and was sent towards its destination in charge of a number of men who were to start the building of a temporary house for mr duncan and plant some potatoes at the new location two days after the raft had started a canoe from victoria brought the sad news that an epidemic of smallpox had broken out there and in fact it seemed as if the crew had brought the plague with them as some of them had died on the way up before going away mr duncan had intended to speak a last word to all the indian tribes as the shadow of the fell disease was now upon them he felt still more impelled at once to see them and warn them he says i therefore spent the next few days in assembling and addressing each of the nine tribes separately thus all in the camp again heard a warning voice many alas for the last time as it proved sad to relate hundreds of those who heard me were soon and suddenly swept into eternity on may twenty seventh eighteen sixty two the departure came to pass mr duncan says in the afternoon we started off all that were ready to go with me occupied six canoes and we numbered about fifty souls men women and children many indians were seated on the beach watching our departure with solemn and anxious faces some promised to follow us in a few days the party with me seemed filled with solemn joy as we pushed off feeling that their long-looked-for flitting had actually commenced i felt that we were beginning an eventful page in the history of these poor people and earnestly besought god for his help and blessing they arrived at their new location the next afternoon at two o'clock and at once set to work with a will building their new homes those who had gone before had already got all the lumber except some extremely heavy beams carried to its destination had erected two temporary houses and planted fifty bushels of potatoes every night after the day's work was ended the whole colony gathered on the beach a happy family for singing evening prayer and devotion mr duncan is a very methodical man before starting on this new enterprise he had drafted the following rules which every adult was required to pledge himself faithfully to live up to before he could become a member of this model community the rules were simple but definite and pledged each inhabitant one to give up their halyard or indian deviltry two to cease calling in conjurers when sick three to cease gambling four to cease giving away their property for display five to cease painting their faces six to cease drinking intoxicating drinks seven to rest on the sabbath eight to attend religious instruction nine to send their children to school ten to be clean eleven to be industrious twelve to be peaceful thirteen to be liberal and honest in trade fourteen to build neat houses fifteen to pay the village tax these obligations may seem easy enough to us but when we consider that the first five rules really required of these people the surrender of all their ancient national customs which had for ages not only occupied their time but had come to be looked upon with the veneration of religious rites we can readily understand that to give them up all at once would seem to many of them like cutting off the right hand or plucking out the right eye but mr duncan had no idea of making the change an easy one for them 
that is not his style it was a change of heart he wanted no half-hearted measures would do no compromise with the devil or with the heathenish past could be tolerated for a moment no wonder therefore that many quailed before the sacrifice and deemed it too severe but strict as the requirements were they did not deter those who were really in earnest it was the small company which started away with mr duncan that day but what must have been their feelings when they within a fortnight on the sixth day of june espied coming dashing down the inlet thirty canoes loaded with three hundred people who were coming to join their fortunes with the happy family which had gone before if there were any faint hearts among the pioneers would not such a sight make them cry with joy among the new arrivals was almost the whole kitlan tribe with two chiefs this must have been a great day for mr duncan he could now plainly see that his labours had indeed not been in vain but he and his adherents were to be sorely tried the awful smallpox plague soon after broke out in full blast among the indians at fort simpson more than five hundred of them died from the ravages of the fell disease and though quarantine as strict as possible under the circumstances was maintained at metlakatla the disease was of course brought there and soon a great number of the newcomers fell victims to the plague god's protecting hand however was over the community and only five of the settlers in the new village died from the plague one of this number was stephen ryan one of the group baptized by mr tugwell the year before mr duncan gives a touching account of his ryan's last days he died in a most distressing condition as far as the body is concerned away from every one whom he loved in a little bark hut on a rocky beach just beyond the reach of the tide which no one of his relatives dared approach except the one who nursed him in this damp lowly distressing state suffering from the malignant disease smallpox how cheering to receive such words as the following from him i am quite happy i find my saviour very near to me i am not afraid to die heaven is open to receive me give my thanks to mr duncan he told me of jesus i have hold of the ladder that reaches to heaven all mr duncan taught me i now feel to be true these words he wanted carried to his relatives do not weep for me you are poor being left i am not poor i am going to heaven my saviour is very near to me do all of you follow me to heaven let not one of you be wanting tell my mother more clearly the way of life i am afraid she does not yet understand the way tell her not to weep for me but to get ready to die be all of one heart and live in peace indeed one such death was well worth all the sacrifices all the loneliness which mr duncan had gone through and all that he was still to go through and there were many many more such deaths at metlakatla End of chapter 20